This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. Yo, what's good, everyone? Alex Ruteris here with another Jets episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And we'll be talking about my cousin, my pal, the man of the plan, the one and only John Malika. But before we ask John how he's doing, got to ask you guys for, your, for a little favor, all right? I got to ask you to make sure you subscribe to this podcast on any audio platform they listen to. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please make sure to give us that five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to leave a comment. That helps oh so greatly. Also, we're on YouTube now. Make sure to go type in Knicks, Jets, etc. Go look for our page. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. That way you know new, when new episodes drop. And when you watch a video, make sure to be a polite person. Hit that like button, okay? You can also leave a comment as well. We'll respond. And while you're there, we got Winning Picks Weekly. John, video producer Greg, who will be joining us today who will be joining us today to get into this draft stuff. They go down the NFL slate. They're doing NFL playoffs right now. So we got the Super Bowl. Obviously, it's the last game of the NFL season. They'll give you their takes next week on it. But guys, get ready for some NBA action as well. These guys got it on lock. They'll hold you down. So make sure to go check them out as well. And then last and certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We are there. All right. (laughs) Now, with that being done, with that being said, John, how are you doing today, my man? Uh, I'm good, man. Coming off a Knicks win versus the Kings, a much-needed win, victory morning. Haven't felt that in a long time. And then, I mean, the craziest news coming out. Uh, basically, every every team that's anti-Jets, something happened with them today. Whether that's Tom Brady retiring and not mentioning the Patriots and Patriots fans crying about that, which was hilarious. Or we got the Brian Flores lawsuit, the, the the coach from the Dolphins who had a winning season getting fired, accusing the New York Giants of using him for uh, basically texting someone or telling someone or putting out the news that they're hired their new coach for uh, Dable from the Bills. Meanwhile, they still have the interview with Brian Flores in a couple of days. And the person that ratted that out was none other than Billy B, Bill Belichick, the old snap face guy Yo, from we New got, England. I would say, I mean, like, what a day. Depending on how, on your feelings on the Giants, you either got the trifecta or the quadfecta today going on. So it's a good day for Jets fans, apparently. Um, and Tom I mean, Brady retired too, as you already <laughs> mentioned. So it's, this is, if you're a green and white fan, be ecstatic. But John, what's take everyone's day, graphics. Right? What? Take yeah, everyone's draft picks. Tampering, tampering in the Dolphins. Take everyone's draft picks. And today we also got, you know, the, the I mean, the real news here is we got the Senior Bowl. We got the Jets coaching the actual prospects. I mean, I, everything is fantastic in Jets land right now. Take everybody's draft picks. Change, change, discipline everyone. Give it, and we have uh, statistically the most points on the whatever. Whoever made it up system of NFL draft picks, where we have the most number of draft picks, you know, in the highest case right now. The next team behind us is the Giants. 
So we're sitting pretty right now. We're sitting pretty. For sure. And you know what? And to get into the Senior Bowl, to get into all this Jets news, you know, it's only fitting that because you talk about it's like a holiday. It's like Christmas. It's a celebration. We got to bring in the one and only who started this tradition to get you into it on this podcast with us. So none other than our video producer, Greg Albert, joining us today. So we got the whole we got even another trifecta going on for today. We, we got everyone on screen, everyone to talk about the Jets, whether it's Senior Bowl, Tom Brady retiring, anything and everything that involves the New York Jets or the AFC East. So. Greg, how you doing, bro? How you been? I'm great. Just like you guys have been saying, I mean, this is a big day for us. We are, <laughs> we're, we're catching wins all over the place. Sounds like senior bowl practice went well. So great day for our team. Bad day for our enemies. Uh, it's a day we might not forget. 2-1-22. It's a good day. So I'm excited. Happy to be here. Happy to be on video with you guys. So thanks for having me. Excited to talk some senior bowl. I'm excited to talk about, you know, the Dolphins demise, maybe, maybe the Giants getting in some trouble. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what's going on in the NFL these days? Yo, it is. All right. So it's, uh, <clears throat> we're going to save all the outside jet stuff that, even though it involves the Jets, we're going to save that for last. We're, we're going to That's go icing on the cake to me. So yeah. I'm, I, I agree with you. <laughs> so if you're, if you guys are excited to hear our feelings about that, stay for the, the, the remainder of this pod. But let's get into the, to the big news first. We got, Robert Salah, we got Joe Douglas, we got Ron Middleton. They're out there at the Senior Bowl right now. But before we begin to the prospects, we had news today because our our from 2020, our first draft pick under JD, Makai Beckton, is now coming up here. And there's questions on his now tenure with the Jets and whether he'll be traded, if he's going to be a starter, that he has to earn his position now. All of this, all of this circling around. So, John. With all this news coming out today, I'm going to ask you first, what is your opinion after hearing all this right now? You know, it's funny. You know, this saying you could take, you know, the person out of New York, but you can't take the New York out of the person. <laughs> like the Jets are going to coach the senior bowl and that means their media is also invited. Right. So, you know, uh, former people of the, of the show, like Will Parkinson, like DJ, uh, the enemy from the New York Post, like everyone uh, from the New York Daily News, he's there. So that means that we have our media there asking these ridiculous questions like the Lions are there. And there's no issues over there. But for us, we always have problems <laughs> with our media. The first question <laughs> was about our left tackle, which was fair. I'm not criticizing the question, but it's just funny. Like New York media is just a little ridiculous. Anyway, we're sitting here talking about Makai Becton and... We have some pretty troubling news, right? Because for the first time, I think ever, it hasn't been Mekhi Becton is the best thing that's ever happened, you know, to this Jets offensive line, to this team. He's our best draft pick. Everything is fantastic on our offensive line after. Um, and it starts with him, right? And then everything else we have to figure out. For the first time, his job is on the line. And Alex, you've been screaming about it all year. Right, Beckton is supposed to be a six to eight week injury. It's week ten. It's week twelve. It's week fifteen. And then it was like, all right, the season's over. Let's just wait it out. But apparently, that's not how the Jets were seeing it. Apparently, there's some mental problems, but not in the sense of like psychiatric impairments, but in in the sense of I think he might have been overweight, right? Because there were some rumblings about that. So maybe he just wasn't in shape when he was injured. 
there's some there's some question marks now about Becton at left tackle. George Font actually now there's some competition because it's hard to tell you, you know, like Becton, if he's like, yo, I know who the second left tackle behind me is. Like, what are you gonna do? Put McDermott there? Like, let's, let's be serious. Like, I'm good. I can be 650 pounds. You're still gonna put me in there. But now Font's playing well. Now he's good to go. Plus, now for the first time ever, we heard, oh, and now he can move around on the offensive line. And that's coming from the coaches. Like, oh, yeah, we'll try him out at right tackle. Like, whoa, that kind of that that statement kind of took me aback. Like, what do you guys think about that? Greg, I'll let you go first since you're our guest and what's here. What's here, your opinions first before I add mine in? Do we have to do this during the soup, the senior bowl though? That's what I don't get about this whole thing. That makes no sense, dude. That's what I don't get about this whole thing. And to me, that's just a sign of the inexperienced head coach. The question is the question. The reporter is going to ask the 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 question. Do you have to give this answer this week? (laughs) You just let it breathe. Like where the Super Bowl hasn't even happened yet, coach. Like, come on, so. Oh, Beckton's fat already. Like, yeah, like, we get <laughs> it, dude. like my game. God. So, so I don't know. So that kind of threw me off a little bit. I was kind of upset with the question or the answer from our coach. But to me, what I got out of the response was there's no guaranteed jobs on this roster, which I think is a great spot to be at, at an organization where we're going to compete at every level for every position. So to John's point, you know, we have other people here who can play well. So you're not going to just be slotted into left tackle or maybe if we try them at right tackle, you know, whatever it is, you're going to have to compete week in, week out. And I think also, too, to Salah's point, it's like, do you want do you want to compete? Like, I, I read it as a mental thing, but not maybe to the same uh, sentiment that you took, John, but just like, where's your head at when it comes to the drive to get back onto the field? A six and eight week injury turned into a 10 week injury, 12 week injury, a season long injury. So was it because of weight or was it because of this or was it because of drive and wanting to be on the field to help your team to complete an objective? So, you know, I, I think it's yeah. good to light a fire under Becton. I just don't know if we need to do it on February. First. <laughs> yeah. So. Like, yeah. I, I, I agree with you a little bit there. Like, is it just like, yo, jets suck anyway? My foot hurts. Let me just wait it out. Because that's kind of annoying to a head coach. And Alex always likes to mention that wasn't his pick. That wasn't Salah's pick. Like, he doesn't care. (laughs) He doesn't care about Beckton. And if he's not there, you know, the the best uh, ability is availability. And he wasn't available the entire year. And it was our first year with our new quarterback. And you're the left tackle. So, (laughs) like, figure it out, bro. Yeah, and like, look, when you look at Beckton, it definitely is like the weight. He came into camp overweight. He had to get down to size. And you could say that could have impacted the knee and the foot injury, all that as well. And you should be in shape when you're coming into camp. Like, you shouldn't be so out of shape. It's like, it's one thing to come into camp and you're working to get into better shape. You have to come into a camp at some decent level of shape. And I think when you talk about mental, John, as you already pointed out, it's not psychiatric. It's all right, how how serious are you taking this job? This is an opportunity that very few people get. This is you're you're at the prime position. It's not right tackle; it's left tackle. You're playing the blind side, okay? So for now, we we need yeah for now. We need <laughs> you to be we need you to be locked and loaded, ready to go. And look, we could talk about the season long injury. Although when you hear a foot injury for a big man, I'm not too upset that he took out the entire season. What were we going to do this season to begin with? I know it's another year of evaluation. 
that you just lost out of Becton. But we saw after his rookie season, I'm not too concerned. Everyone around the league knows that there's talent. That's why there's even like trade rumors right now because someone would trade for this guy and b- try to buy low on this uh, on him and have him as like a primo left tackle. Like we know what he can be, but can he actually mentally overcome this hurdle and, and be that player that we know he can be and come into camp ready and, and and perform at that high level? That's all that is. The the thing for me though, and I think Greg, you pointed it out is. Why are we answering this question now? This is this is like this is so unnecessary. It's crazy. We have it. It's not even like, hey, Salah, you can chill. You can wait. You can even wait to fucking training camp. Let's not even cause controversy <laughs> going to the locker room before the locker room is even open for these dudes. Like yeah. they're home chilling. Can you imagine for Beckton who like chilling back, just like maybe you're even getting a workout, and you're like, word, my job. <laughs> I did. I didn't get this. I didn't get this notice. Now you're getting noticed through the fucking media that your job's on the line. That's wild. I, I mean, for this is, this is, that's rookie coaching at <laughs> the beginning yep. dealing with New York media, like one on one. Like, just or, you, you try to push that thing off as long as possible. Or, or he wants to do that. That's his, that's his goal. Is he wants, he's pissed off. You know what I'm saying? And he wants to put a fire in, in Beckton's butt before this season's, like, before anything starts. Like, hey, man, you're on notice. Like, don't show up to training camp like you did last time. You better show up to, uh, uh, what is it? Off season. Um, OTAs workouts, yeah. The OTAs, sorry, it was slipping my mind. Yep. Our Super Bowl was still, I still got the Super Bowl. I'm trying to, <laughs> yeah. trying not to go that far. Uh, so you better show up and you better be good because we have a veteran who's not going to show up to that probably and he's gonna and he's good to start. So, yeah, you're, you're, you're honestly you're officially on notice. And I'm sure they're we're gonna get into it right now. You know, they're looking into some offensive linemen. Joe Douglas spent some time there, there's some good prospects. We also there's there's some guys in free agency that we might attack that way as well, mm-hmm. and also Evan Neal, right? Like Evan Neal is pop, he's going to be the third or fourth pick, so here yeah. on notice, dude. That that that's that's the only thing. So I, I don't want to like be too down on Salah for that because we don't really know his motive, but I I can see where he's coming from. I'll just say that. I could see where it's coming. I, my, my hope, and we can hop right into this, uh, to the senior bowl and, and everything about that. My hope is that he at least talked to Beckton about it first before just putting it out there because you want to earn your player's trust, right? You want to have that communication first. So if Beckton's already on notice and then you're just saying it to the media, like, yeah, he's on notice. That's one thing. But if you're telling Beckton now that he's on notice without really telling him face to face, they are on notice. That's, that's a little problematic. But regardless, let's move into the senior bowl, guys. We got our coaches there. As I said, we got JD, we got, uh, we got Robert Sala and we got Ron Middleton. Uh, Ron Middleton's the one coaching this, right? He's the yeah, coach for the coach. senior. Yep. Our tight ends coach is coaching, uh, the senior bowl. And w- 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 we know today from what Rich Cimini or all the other beat reporters out there that the Jets are looking at tight ends. They're looking at offensive linemen. Not a surprise. We need to upgrade a tight end drastically. We also need some linemen as well to fill it out. We need we need a right guard. You can debate if we need a right tackle, depending on how you feel about Morgan Moses, if you want to bring him back for another season. But we do need to keep adding, even a center too, we do need to keep adding to that offensive line. So, John, what are some of the names that you got that, that, that came out to you today when you're looking at uh, the Jets at Senior Bowl? Well, first of all, I think it's really interesting that Ron Middleton, our tight ends coach, is the head coach, and I I think that it's 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 very important to note that because, as you said, we are desperate for a tight end, 
And there's some really good tight ends out there, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I know that Joe Douglas has this thing about drafting the best player at that position. You know what I mean? Even though if it's not like the top quarterback, but he'll be like, I'm going to draft the best, you know, right guard, or I'm going to try to draft the best slot receiver. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? To try to get and get those through. At this point, there's Trey McBride, right? He's the number one name. I don't think that the Jets are going to draft him because he's going to be the number one pick. And I think he's going to be the first tight end off the board. But what we are looking at, in my opinion, and I know that our uh, producer, Ricey, is going to be super hyped, is the guy from Ohio State who, as you mentioned, our, his dad, you know, texted or tweeted at the Jets pre, uh, pre-senior bowl practice, like, yo, you better draft my son, which I don't know how that really holds up in uh, NFL locker rooms, NFL head coaches. So, there, uh, of course, his name is uh, Jeremy Ruckert. So uh, I like him at tight end. And the third guy I'm going to mention, that hasn't been mentioned a lot, but I know if you're watching college football, I know if you're into the draft, you've heard of Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin. He's the third, he's the third tight end. We had Will Parkinson there today. We had, again, the Jets uh, reporters out there today. Those are also the three names that they threw out the most. The guy that I like, no pun intended, is Isaiah Likely from South Carolina. If we can get him like really late, even if we get a Jeremy Ruckert early, like if we could somehow, you know, grab a Likely at the end there, because I definitely don't want to pay for a tight end. In free agency, I'm I'm really scared about that. So, for tight ends, those are my three guys that I'm I'm just like looking at for now. We'll see how it all plays out, but it's just one day of practice for us right now. I'm definitely really interested in watching the game, and those are like the three, four tight ends I'm really gonna have my eye on. What about you, Greg? Any tight ends that you're uh, looking at right now? Yeah, I mean, uh, to John's point about to first off addressing the tight end position, you know, maybe there are there might be a guy or two in the free agency that we might be able to sign. So we have cap room. Do we want to sign a guy? You know, I kind of tend towards yes, if it's a proven guy, and then draft one of these guys later in the draft, like Likely, for example, as a as a guy to kind of learn from a veteran and come up uh, through our system. But if we're not going to address it Coastal in, Carolina, baby. He killed yeah. it this year. We, we, we watched so much Coastal Carolina. Yeah, starting last year. I love Coastal Carolina. Yeah. So I've been watching them. He's great. I mean, he he's great. All these guys are great. What worries me a little bit about, and something I said with Zach Wilson coming from BYU, is the level of competition that they play week in and week out. So that's why if you're talking about Jeremy Rucker at Ohio State, you know he's going to be playing big-time games. You know, he went, uh, you know, played in the – College football championship, you know. Um, He's also on a profile year, offense. That's that, that's that's what it, that's what matters. Yep. Yeah. All those guys, like there's there's tight end universities like Wisconsin, Iowa. I'm so mad that Sam Laporta did not declare. If Sam Laporta's in this draft, I'll just be screaming about him. The tight end from Iowa. I want him next year. I don't care where he gets <laughs> yeah. drafted. I just want him. I love him. But there's like tight end universities. You know what I mean? Like Ohio State, For sure. Wisconsin. Like any of these guys, I'm down. I know. Like McBride is just really good, so he's kind of you know the outlier there, Colorado State. But dude, Coastal Carolina, I don't care. They're from Coastal Carolina, Isaiah Likely is a beast. If we can get him late, like I know we were already doing some mock drafts. Shout out to PFF, uh, Pro Football Focus. But 
we were going through it a little bit. And if he's if he's there in the fifth, sixth round, dude, how do you not grab Isaiah Likely? And then my last thing about the tight ends is what do you want from the tight end position? Do you want a pass catching guy? Like Trey McBride, to me at least, from what I've seen so far, and again, it's February 1st, is, you know, <laughs> he's a guy that's going to line up outside and he's going to be a real threat when it comes to passing. I think likely is like that as well. But then do you want more of a guy that can run block for you, that can play closer to the line and give you more options, you know, you know, chopping some guy, slowing down a pass rusher, and then coming out for three or four yards down the field at a quick, you know, option or something like that. So it kind of really depends on what you're looking for from Michael Ford's perspective or Coach Sala, you know, as a whole for the offense. What do we want as an identity for our tight end? And then from there, you can start picking and choosing at who you're going to look at. What's nice about this draft class, the tight end's pretty deep. So I think that's why we chose our tight ends coach to be our head coach, because we can get a good look at all these tight ends that we're going to be coaching and then also plan- planning for against on the other team. And we can come away from this week with these guys or however long it is to kind of have a good feeling going into this draft class on what we're going to do to address the tight end position because we all know we need to address it. We have to for figure sure. it out. For sure. And come on, Ron Middleton did coach. He was a head coach for one game and he won. So against yeah. the Jaguars. So you know what it is, man. You got to put your <laughs> you got put your best uh, assistant coach out there who knows how to win and <laughs> yeah. be a head coach for these football games. But I totally agree on that. And like this draft is deep with tight ends. John, you mentioned it, Trey, uh, Trey McBride. I think he's one that's projected to go in the second round. So if the Jets want to use, go there and draft him. Can we, that's have, two one dra- can we, have, can we have two Trey McBrides in New York at the same time? The Jets and the Knicks? Two <laughs> <laughs> McBrides? Two McBrides? <laughs> If we get, can imagine, can imagine if we got Thibodeau and McBride, that'd be hilarious. Um, <laughs> no, it'd be funny. <laughs> but yeah, I think like right now I'm seeing projections for Trey McBride to go in the second round. The Jets could get him around the 38th pick if they wanted to use that draft pick as well. Um, but another guy that I think is interesting is Jake Ferguson for Wisconsin. I think he's another good, yeah. guy, good, good tight Hell end yeah. to go. You can get him probably later on in the middle round, somewhere between like, Four to five and use him. He's a six five, two hundred forty four pound uh, tight end. Caught one hundred forty five passes for sixteen hundred yards with thirteen touchdowns in forty seven games. It's quite a that's quite a tight end man. And you know he blocks. For, yeah, and he and he's a yeah. and he's a willing <laughs> blocker too. So I, when you're thinking about what Michael Ford wants to do and coming from the 49ers and you look at how um, Kittle Kittle play. Thank you. Thank you, my brain farting you. right now. Thank you, <laughs> Gregory George. Appreciate it. When you look at uh, when you look at Kittle, Kittle. And you, <laughs> when you look at Kittle and you see that how he's also a blocker, but he's a, a very good pass catcher. I, obviously, you're not going to get. It's hard to find someone like that that could tra- that could transcend to that. But the fact that you look at that system, you need someone who's able to block and be a pass catcher. Jake Ferguson seems to be that type of guy that that fits that mold. And on top of that, uh, if you look at what JD when he was out in Philly, they did take Dallas Goddard too. So I wouldn't be surprised with this that similar type of uh, mesh of a tight end coming to the New York Jets. So Jake Ferguson's definitely another guy to be on the lookout for. Yeah, I mean that that's really all I got on the, on the, on the tight ends. We also got a lot of pictures today from Joe Douglas hanging around the offensive lineman, which was just all over, and it's just so funny now. I, whether you're new or old on the Jets beat now, because, you know, DJ is officially off his rookie season. But, yeah, because I guess this counts as a second year scouting. So yep, he's, he's yep. officially off his uh, – but he, he 
I don't know if he was there from the very, very beginning. But anyway, he he already knows what's the clickbait. Like he already knows. Like, I'll just take a picture of Joe Douglas standing by here that everyone's gonna freak out. And guess what we did? And we already got Zion Johnson, you know, <laughs> already grinding tape for the for the kid from BC, who's I mean, if if he is lining up at center and we're already thinking about trading down from number 10, and even if Linderbaum does get drafted within the 10, 15 range, if we're, you know, get you know later than that from, from the trade down, if they have their eyes on someone like Zion Johnson, I'm not gonna be too mad about it. I honestly he's gonna be one of those guys that I'm staring at. There's a couple, there's a couple. This is why I love scouting the senior bowl. This is why. The draft is a holiday, Alex. This is why. Because we get so into it from now. We get so into the Senior Bowl because what's the Senior Bowl about? The Senior Bowl is not about the top 20 picks. You know what I mean? That's not what this is about. This is about the second round, third round, fourth round, fifth round. And then when you break it down like that, it kind of gets short, right? It's not, it doesn't feel like, oh, my God, he's getting there from the fourth, fifth round. It's like, no, dude, that's like our third guy. That's our third pick. We've been looking up guys all year. So someone like Cole Strains from Chattanooga, another guy, shout out New York. Right, if we're just if we're trying to get a bunch of local guys, he's a guy that I'm going to be staring at all all draft. Like, oh my god, is Cole Strange gone yet? No, okay, we're still good. We still have someone in our back pocket. Uh, but one of the guy, definitely one of like the big standouts for at least the first day of practice. And then when you start going into it, he had a huge year. Uh, for me, is going to be Zion Johnson. What do you got, Greg? I mean, Zion Johnson. I think. So. Yeah. <laughs> to your point, it's like we're talking now. We're talking about like day three, like day two, day three guys, like you know, third, fourth round. So, um, you know, you to me, Saylor. that's that's quality depth. You know, Zion Johnson, I think, is two time ACC player. He was a top twenty guy coming back for the ACC this year. So he's he he had some pedigree going into the season. Then he had a good year. To your point about schools that develop specific talent, I feel like Boston College does a pretty good job with the offensive linemen. So AJ uh, Dillon you know, never heard of him. He ran behind them. Yeah. So there's, <laughs> so there's some good players there. Um, Ever heard of Damian Woody? He's from Boston College. <laughs> yeah. So these guys, these guys can play. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about not just interior alignment, but also, also if we're talking about tackles, we start off with Becton as well. One guy that I kind of noticed, and I'm not sure if he's on our team in the Senior Bowl, but just as a general draft prep, I've been looking at is uh, Trevor Penning. From Northern mm-hmm. Iowa, yeah, I don't think he's son he's, of a he's a big son of a gun. Him and the guy from Minnesota, they're both not on our team. Yeah, uh, Daniel, I, I cannot say his last name, Falale or something. He's huge, and because he's not on our team, where they're not like uh, talking about him too much. Yeah, he, he's huge too, and if he's not a tackle, I don't know, I don't know what he is. Like <laughs> yeah. he's gonna be a guard. <laughs> it's gonna be insane. Yeah, so. You know, the, like, to your point about guys that are actually like on our team, what's nice too about the senior bowl. So you mentioned too, I think the senior bowl last year, I think the statistic going into it is that 90% of the people that played in the senior bowl were on the field in the NFL game at some point last year. So that's not just like you said, those top, you know, first round top 20 guys. It's guys that build death. It's guys that make locker rooms and it's guys that contribute throughout the season. So whether it is Cole Strange, if we take him kind of later in the back half of the draft, because we're saying, okay, we didn't get Linderbaum, who's supposed to be this top center talent, you know, generational guy. We're going to stick it out with who we have now, but then we're going to draft Strange and kind of bring him on in the center position later on. I'm okay with that. And same thing with Zion. If we get him and we kind of develop him in the guard position, 
But now we're talking about guys who chances are probably aren't going to start for us right away. But as we know with the offensive line, we need depth. For sure. And what do you think about Kenyon Green from Texas A&M? You know, you talk about Linderbaum, who's from Iowa. He's a good interior lineman, 6'3", 290 pounds. He's, he's pretty good at moving. And that's, you know, they have the Jets projected to take him at 10th right now in the first round, which wouldn't be upset about it because we do need to add interior depth for that line, as we talked about, especially a right guard. You could slide him in right there. But what about Kenyon Green as like a consolation prize? Because he's probably going to go in the later, uh, a little bit either later in the first or probably a little bit later in the later rounds too. So it kind of depends because to me, so there's a couple guys that we're kind of talking about that might go in the later of the first round, right? So Linderbaum, depending on where you're looking at, he's going top 10, but he's also going all the way down like 28. Um, uh, The tight end that we just talked about from Colorado State. Trimming Pride. Yeah, yep, exactly. Uh, Kenyon Green here or someone else maybe. So what I'm interested is, and, you know, we know Joe Davis likes or Joe Douglas likes to move around (laughs) and – trade some picks or whatever it might be. Do we trade out of one of our top first round picks, but then also move back into the late first round if one of these guys fall? Um, Cause I could see us doing that for Linderbaum. I could see us doing that for McBride. If he's there, I don't know if I can see it for green just because I don't know how big of a need right guard is for us to give up so much draft capital um, late in the first round. Well, the thing is, like, if you're projecting to get green in the later rounds, like probably around the 20s, 30s, maybe even like the early second round, if Joe yeah. Douglas wanted to package something, you know, you can get more draft capital at that point by moving back. And it, it that would make sense if he wants to do that, since Joe Douglas is known for building through the draft. And that's been his core philosophy. And we see that free agency has been essentially a dud for Joe Douglas, but he loves to go through the draft. <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if he wants to go that route. It's just who are you trading with who's moving up? Because this isn't a quarterback heavy draft where teams who need a quarterback can move up and you could really entice somebody with either the fourth or tenth. Um, that's that's just the biggest question. So who would want to move up unless you get another Chicago Bears mishap? Like, we'll move up for the sake of moving up where we don't really need to move up and take another like Mitch Trubisky or something stupid like that. But it, it uh, it's it's questionable. Yeah, so to your point, if he falls to us in the early second round, I could see us taking it just because it's probably going to be a need because we didn't address interior offensive line in the first two picks. If we address in the first two picks, then, you know, we're on to something else. But, you know, a lot of these guys that are going in the first round or, you know, early mm-hmm. second round, there are guys that can start us, you know, can start if we need them right away. But I think they can really develop into the back half of the season and take over some roles because, as we saw this season, as we see pretty much every year, our offensive line is going to get beat up. We're going to need people to fill in roles in the back half of the season. So, Now, Greg, you weren't on here with John and I last week. I mean, you did chime in at the end, but not really yep. going in like full on depth. But this team also needs playmakers, and notably at the wide receiver position, because we saw with Corey Davis, uh, injury prone. We, we've known that. Uh, he didn't get to play a full season. Was a little inconsistent. We have Elijah Moore who broke out, especially in the second half of the season. Do you see the Jets taking a wide receiver in the first round with either one of these top picks? And that goes for you too, John. What do you think? I mean, if I'm if I'm going first, I don't see it just because I'm not sure what Mike LaFour wants in a wide receiver. So I was always from the school of thought of we should be drafting these like Julio Jones type, 6'4", 6'3", big body guys can go up and get 50-50 balls. 
And I don't know necessarily after watching a season of Michael Four if that's really what we're about or if we're more about guys that can use their speed to create space and then catch the ball and get yards after the catch. I guess I'm not really sure if that was just him being a little conservative with Zach Wilson, not just airing it out, or if that's what he wants to do. John, I see you shaking your head. So what do you, what do you think for, yeah, I agree. All, for a wide receivers? What are we looking for in a wide receiver going forward? He wants, he has a formula, right? Like yep. Alex started with the tight ends. Like he's looking for his George Kittle or as we like to call him or his Greg Kittle. And he has the same formula with the wide receivers. As you saw this year, it really mirrored what San Francisco has been trying to do. Like Debo Samuel, like Braxton Berrios was a poor man's Debo Samuel. This just is what it is. And he's about to be a a, a rich man's Debo Samuel after, (laughs) after he gets paid. And Elijah Moore, another guy who was in space, right? Corey Davis is that outside guy because you need them, right? I don't think... Yes. That we're against those guys, but I agree with you. I don't think we're looking for Julio Jones, Braylon Edwards, Brandon Marshall. I think we're looking for more like an Allen Robinson. You know what I mean? A Calvin Ridley. One of the guys that like to move around and guys that can play the slot and guys that like to play the yak. Yeah. But before we move on to wide receivers, let me just say one thing. I just two more prospects. The, the boys from Georgia are really good too. Jamari Slayler. And uh, Justin Schaefer, I wouldn't like yes. any of those guys too. But I want to ask you guys about Lyndon Bob because we, you know, we kind of just touched on him. I'm still a little butthurt about Quentin Nelson, man. I'm still a little <laughs> butthurt that we didn't get Quentin Nelson. Okay. And that, and, and he was our pick that we gave away for him. All right. We also could have got McGlinchey and look at him McGlinchey chilling there with San Francisco helping them run as well. If, and all they said about Nelson was that same. I feel like I could take out a tape recorder and put it over Lindenbaum and just write his name there, and it would be the same thing that they said about Nelson, right? Every single thing is the same. Generational, does you know is is great off the field. He's actual leader. He like does stuff with charity. Like, how can we pass up on him? Like this, I'm actually struggling with it. Like if if he's if we're at number ten and he's sitting there and we did the math, Greg, we went through it and we. Realize that he's going to get paid as a number five center in the league with guaranteed money if he's drafted at number 10. So it's a big commitment. But how do you pass on it, dude? Like, Quentin Nelson's getting paid. He's fine. They're about to extend him. They don't give a damn. He's great. You know what I mean? Like, how can we pass on Linderbaum just because there's other players there like a Zion Johnson, like a Schaefer, like a Slayler, like any of these guys? Alex, what do you think? No, I don't think, I think they're going to take him at, at 10, man. I like, we need some, in, uh, the question is, are we going to go offensive line heavy with the first two picks or just go one and then choose the, I, like people are mocking us to take cornerbacks and safeties. You're all wild out here. We're not going to do that. Okay. I think what's going to happen is that we're going to take, if, if Neil falls, we're going to take Neil. And if it's, if it's, if he's not there, then we're going to take Linderbaum at 10 because he's probably going to be there at 10 and the Jets should definitely take him to solidify this right guard issue. Like Morgan Moses is a good stopgap option. You don't think he's going to play center? I mean, you could he better have him play, play center, center, bro. He you want to play, play center? center? If you, we you draft the number 10, he better play <laughs> center, bro. Be the quarterback of the team, dude. Come on. You got to play guard. <laughs> Come on, bro. We'll see what they have in plan. I mean, if you're here, if you're, if you're here, if you're here, that, so, that would be so annoying, right? If guard. You hear, if you hear, if you hear freaking, 
uh, Robert Sala would be like, well, Micaiah Becton could play right tackle and all this other stuff. It's like, well, I have no idea anymore what's going to go on right, around these <laughs> no, parts. <laughs> no, come on. I, uh, <laughs> if, Linda, if we draft Lindenbaum at 10 and he becomes a right guard, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> it would be it would be an all-time Jets move, though. It would be an all-time Jets move. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be too surprised, but it would be... <laughs> Surprising. It would be generational talent at center. Great. Let's try my guard. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing put it past this team, man. I'm just going, I'm just being a little facetious now. He's definitely going to be playing center. He's good. I'm just being facetious. He's definitely going to be playing center if we draft him at at, at 10. And you need him, and you need him at center. Um, it's considered generational talent. He said best center in the 2022 draft class, but it would be funny. (laughs) I'm just being facetious at that point. Um, look, Compton's worked out. Compton's worked out. Yeah. Yeah. He he wasn't supposed to be drafted that early. He was we all laughed. Everyone's like, oh my God, draft him in uh fantasy, this, that. And I was looking through the stats. If he had a top five rookie year, he wouldn't even be like top fifteen in tight ends during the year. He broke some records. If 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 it's good enough for Kyle Pitts, I just don't get how it's not good enough for Linderbaum this year. That that I just I, I can't I'm not really able to reconcile this right now. He's got hey, look, man, if he's there at ten. It's, and we trade down. Big. If we trade down, see, that's and the thing. someone so that's drafts the thing. him, see, that's and the then thing. we get some schlub. Oh my! Oh my goodness! I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm able to live this one down. But anyway, I know. I know. I had to go back to it. I just wanted to get your thoughts on Linderbaum because he's all over the place in mock drafts, as Greg was talking about. He's all over the place on Jets fandom, right? Whether we want to draft, and then today came out that the Jets want to trade down. I do agree with one thing you said, Alex, and I I'm I'm pretty much holding to this point too. I think the trade down, I think the Jets will trade down one of these two spots, but I think it depends. It's, it's got to got, be four. If you're on trading Neil. Down. No, if, if look, if the two defensive ends in Thibodeau, like you mentioned, and Hutchinson and then Neil are gone, one, two, three, in any specific, in any order, I could see a trade down. Right. And then we can even get Nicole Dean and That's we can fix the linebackers there. And then if that happens, then we have to get Linda Bama 10, right? We have to, we have to, we have yeah, to. Right? And then, like, and then, okay. And that's, the, and that's the thing. No, see, see here, here in the trade yeah. down, I don't, the 10 obviously doesn't have as much value as the four. And if you're trading down, you're going to trade your, your, your highest one because the guys that you wanted up there are not, aren't there anymore. So why waste it on a safety? Why waste it on a corner? Why waste it on a wide receiver at that point? Might as well just move back and go get somebody else that you know that you can go get in that later round or later in the first round or even in the second round. Um, depending on how, he, how they move that deal. But it's, I think, the lock is that we're getting alignment in that in that top ten. We're getting alignment. I don't know. It, it's either gonna be Neil. It's either gonna be Linderbaum. I mean, if we get both of them, that'd be wild. Like that, that offensive line the, would be stacked. It would be sick. But there is something to be said that Salah is a defensive head coach. And last year they did a bunch of trade downs, all this stuff, and everyone was an offensive player until they started in the fifth round, where they started like piecing together anyone. Okay, and you saw what happened. You get Sherwood. You get Hamza. You get uh, Jason Pinock. Like, he's going to be like an Eccles. He's going to be like, okay, we're going to change that up a little bit, guys. Like, I'm going to need some defensive guys in the top here, and then you guys can dab. Yeah, but the thing the is, offense. but the thing is, this is a quarterback needy. This is a quarterback league. And in order for the quarterback to succeed, you need weapons and you need an O line. So you got to focus on what your quarterback needs and first the, and the defense. You do need a defense. But you do need a defense, but I feel like for for what they have, Zach Wilson, they want to make sure they can utilize Zach Wilson. He's going to year two, right? You want to make sure that he could 
grow and that you can actually win games at this point and you need some sort of offense. If you're a competitive in games because of your offense, that's one thing. Uh, if you're competitive in games and your offense is still stalling and it's just defense holding it down, it's going to be a little hard sell on the fan base <laughs> and to the owner. It's like, yeah, man, it looked too good, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, what I was going to say about that is to your point about that, John, like Coach Sala being like, hey, like I- I'm here to play defense. Like I need some defensive guys. Joe Douglas is going to say, listen, guy. I drafted Zach Wilson. My job's tied to Zach Wilson, so I'm going to keep drafting offensive guys because I need that to work out. Yeah, I that's need to protect why... them. I need weapons. I need guys. You're the defensive mastermind. Yo. You just mastermind the defense. You figure it out when the guys were giving you. I have to worry about my job as Joe Douglas, and I have to protect Zach Wilson at all costs because if it doesn't work out with him, my job's over. My tenure's over as general manager. Well, so let's talk about it because we're going to talk about weapons now. There's a guy that's out there that's cooking guys <laughs> on the field called Christian Watson, man, from North I knew, Dakota State. I knew we were going to talk about, I knew we were talking Six, about five, 208. Oh, yeah. I mean, DJ Vietnam, just posted. He got 43 catches for 800 yards and seven touchdowns this past season alone. I mean, you want to talk about it. You want to talk about a big body. They were mentioning, uh, Greg, like a Julio Jones, that yep. size that can go up and catch the ball at the highest point. That's this guy right here. And from the videos that we're seeing right now, he's got some good footwork. He's got good route running, solid, not necessarily a burner, but his route running is solid enough where he can get guys to go in, uh, in the wrong direction. So I like what I'm seeing from Watson so far, uh, film-wise, just what the guys have been showing from the beat today in, in the Senior Bowl. Obviously, his film from college, it's so hard to determine in college because your defensive backs are – so hit or miss. It's either you look, it's a 50 yard <laughs> pass and no one's around me, or it's like, Hey, that guy's actually within like 10 yards and it's still wide open. But I like what I'm seeing right now from him and everyone else is talking about him. Like, this is the type of guy that you need on your team to be a playmaker and a difference maker. And as we saw during like these past couple of games, like you, you need those type of wide receivers, guys who can just make a difference. And I think Watson's going to definitely be up there in consideration for being drafted. The question is, where do you go get him? Right? Is he is he a first rounder? Is he a second rounder? No. Third rounder? Where where, no. where, where are you thinking? Late, late. I'm trying to look it up right now because I think North Dakota State played Duke this year, if I remember correctly, early in the season. And if that's the case, I'm trying to pull it up. I'll I'll pull it up when one of you guys were talking about it. But if they did. I remember that game because I was just screaming, throw it to number one. Throw it to number one. He's by far the best player on the field. And I had them in that game. They were underdogs against Duke for some reason. Duke stunk. But either way, throw it to number one because he's that good. He, The problem with him, and like with all these guys, they flash and they show real well. You're playing at North Dakota State. Like you should, if you're, if you're, if you have a shot at going to the NFL, you should be dominating everyone out in the field. I'm more concerned early in the draft with guys that are at the SEC schools, the Big Ten schools, because those are guys going against legit competition, other NFL players week in, week out. Late in the, late in the draft, if we take him, I'm all for it because he has true playmaking ability. Um, it's just a matter of like, to your point, when are we taking him? So that's the whole thing. Uh, yeah. But nothing, nothing, nothing would sh- like, I, I would actually be pretty shocked if he went in the first round, but I'm yeah, like, no, uh, yeah, yeah. I'd be pretty shocked if he went in the first round. Would be as second. shocked. I wouldn't be as shocked in the second. I think he's a good third round pick. If you want to go 
if you want to reach for somebody. Maybe he's a day fourth. three guy. He's a day three guy they're all going to be screaming about. He's going to be the number one guy after day two that everyone's talking about. Who's going to come on day three? Who's still guys left on the board that are really exciting? And, you yeah, know, if you're talking about like day one or day two guys that have size, you're looking at Drake London from USC. A lot of people yeah, have those guys on the senior bowl. Chris Olave even. Chris Olave maybe. Or, I don't know if Traylon Burks is there from Arkansas, but he was really good this year. Yeah. He's not um, going to the senior bowl. He's not in the senior bowl. Yeah. So if you're the Jameson guys Williams, in, all these guys. So the thing is, well, yeah, Jameson Williams, yeah. unfortunately, toward the ACL. But the guy that is at the senior bowl that is towards the top of a lot of people's list is the guy that we have from Penn State, Jaha Dotson, who's but not he, a big guy, 5'11, speedy guy. But when I started watching his tape today, my first thought was, if we don't get Braxton, Braxton Barrios back, is this yes, our replacement? Yes, is this our yes. guy that we're going after? Because he's got the speed. He's got the hands. He's got some one-on-one uh, 50-50 ball capability. He was catching balls against Michigan State. He had some good games against Michigan. Um, so Calvin Austin's you know, the same way from Memphis. Yeah. So, so He does the same thing. But the thing is, Dotson uh, came out of the senior bowl. He, uh, he dropped out. I don't know uh, why. Yeah, I don't know why he's not there. I did not see that. So... Yeah. To me, John, to your point about kind of, I kind of now think about uh, the Jets offense, like the San Francisco 49ers. So when I saw Dotson, I'm like, you know, could this be a, a, a not as good version of Debo Samuel? Maybe. Like I said, first thing I thought was, oh, this is our Braxton Barrios replacement if he doesn't come the, back. The but, things I would do for D, to get Debo Samuel uh, on this he's team. He's one in a million. <laughs> oh, my God. I I, that's, that, that's, see, this is the issue with chasing. We cannot chase Debo Samuel. He doesn't exist. <laughs> like, yeah. he, he, like he does not. We have. We, we could chase Braxton Berrios. He exists, and I agree. I agree with that. Um, the, the other guy that was in my head was was uh, Calvin Austin. I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, you have you have anyone uh, you're looking at, uh, Alex? At the what wide receiver position? Still, I mean, I think it was just really Watson for me. That's really catching my eye. Okay, cool. Like there's no there's no there's no one. I mean, really Bo Melton's there. there. Bo Melton's there from Rutgers, which is really cool local guy. I mean, he was really good on Rutgers. Bo Mel- if we get Bo Melton at the end there, that'll be that'll be fun. I mean, I'm down for that. Uh, especially if he's undrafted, he's gonna be. He'll, he'll, if, if Bo Melton's undrafted, that's gonna be my Lawrence Cage. I'm telling you right now. So okay. <laughs> he's gonna be my guy. Which also, I I, I have to mention it. Lawrence Cage is trying to be a tight end. So I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Like I think the difficulty for me right now to look at wide receivers, it's like. Like I like John Dot Jahan Dotson from uh, Penn State, but he's un- yeah. he's five eleven. You know, like I'm I'm wondering if do you want to go with another smaller wide receiver? I mean, you already have Elijah Moore who is five ten, five eleven as well. Do you want to add another like guy a- a- at that frame? You also have Braxton Barrios, who's not that big either. Do you want a lot of going to sign him? Yeah, well, I'm just saying if he does return too, mm-hmm. right? Like even if he does return, like you're you're thinking, do you want another smaller guy? You need someone at least that can go up and grab these type of passes like every team it feels like every team has someone like those lines whether it's like mike evans right whether it is uh oh why can't i even think of his name um out in uh for the chargers he actually had a really good year uh mike williams williams? mike williams mike williams mike williams yeah mike williams like you think about these big wide receivers listen the whole whole thing is is there's uh there's so many good wide receivers dude on the free agency market like from Mm Allen robinson to Chris Godwin, I'm pretty sure the Mike fears, Williams. My fear is when you start when you start going wide receivers in free agency, it's Michael uh, Thomas. Me, 
Michael Calvin Thomas. Ridley it's it's on always the trade about market. I don't know. when they. There's something about it, like, will they continue to perform? There's always something like that's just dangling over wide receivers when you sign them during free agency and they demand a lot of money. Are they actually going to perform? That's always like, I feel like it's one thing if you draft a guy and he stays with the team, like a Keenan Allen, right? Or like Mike Evans, even. But it's another thing where you got to go start poaching wide receivers. That's just my opinion, though. Obviously, there's wide receivers that you could sign or you've traded for and they still perform, but free agency at the wide, wide receiver position. Oh, if for me, because they're they're always going to demand a lot of money, and it's a skill position that is needy. But you can, I feel like you can find that in the draft as well, uh, and get lucky off of that. But let's touch on the defense real quick. Uh, you know, like we already know the top two guys that are probably going to be gone before even gets down to us, whether it's Hutchinson from uh, Michigan, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau from uh, Oregon. Yeah, but those so, guys aren't. That's not. That's yeah, not. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. They're not the senior bowl. But I'm just talking about like, those are two guys yeah. out there. So like, who at the senior? Listen, bowl if one right of those guys drop, if one of those oh, guys drop, them. Alex. Oh, you're taking them. Yeah, and them, them, and Carl Lawson. That's a. That's a. It's, that's it's, a life changer. That's it's, not even a game yeah. changer. That's a we're life starting, changer. We're starting to get back to the New York Sack Exchange. Once that, if we, if that, if that happens, um, all right, like Mark Gastineau, Joe Klecko, that style. But hey. Let's keep it with the senior bowl right now. Let's, let's not get our two I'm just saying, too high in the sky. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But who are you guys <laughs> talking about the draft. <laughs> who, are you guys, who are you guys looking at? Well, senior bowl leads up to the draft. So who are you guys looking at in the senior bowl right now that you like? John, I'll start off with you. So we have our linebackers coach, right? He's, uh, yeah. he's, he's, he's running the defense. So, I mean... There's one thing we know, and that's we don't have any linebackers. We can't go to the tight end. That's definitely got to be. <laughs> and, then, and that's why we're here. The number one guy that everyone's talking about is Devin Lloyd, right? Did Devin Lloyd also drop out? Pretty sure he did. Uh, I don't think he's in the senior bowl, but he's the number one guy. I, I, I'm not sure if this, if like the people that drop out with no news means that they're like feel that like they're above the senior bowl. You know what I mean? Because there's like sort of like a stigma. Like those people are like trying out, kind of like I don't know. Like for example, the 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 two players on the wall on from the Senior Bowl last year was Mac Jones, a quarterback from you know on from Alabama to New England, and Michael Carter, our running back from North Carolina. You know what I'm saying? Like players who kind of like had to really boom their stock. So maybe Devin Lloyd doesn't need booming or whatever's going on with him. He's really good though. I'm I'm kind of with Greg with the programs, right? Like the the boys from Georgia, right? Like uh, yep. no, like how can you say yep. no, right? Especially like if you don't get Dean in the in the first round, right? And these guys play when they play when players play next to superstars. I always like to take a look at them, right? Like even Ojabo from uh, Michigan, who is across from Hutchinson. Right, his problem is he like just learned football, like which yes. kind of freak, makes me freak out a little bit. But those those people always interest me. So we got the boys from Georgia. We got Devin Lloyd, of course, who's not there. Other than that, I really I, I don't know. Like I just kind of I I got to see like how the practices go. I do have my eye on um, the kid from LSU just because it's LSU, uh, and they they always have fast linebackers. I like to work in our system. I just don't know yet. Like we had the kid from Cincinnati. What's his name? Beavers. Uh, yep. I like the Cincinnati guys. Maybe that's just uh, like the cornerbacks, which we'll get into. So I always just kind of like watch their games. So we'll get into a little bit more of that. 
as uh, as the practice progresses. But do you have anyone, Greg, that uh, on the linebacker side that you're keeping an eye on? Linebacker side, not specifically, just because we're for some reason it seems like we. What kind of sucks is like we don't have a ton of like great uh, linebacker prospects here. The, all the guys that we have here, chances are, are, you know, day three, day maybe late day two guys. Um, so what's nice though is that we need we need depth. Like chances are we have, you know, one or two of our linebackers figured out, but we're gonna need some some other guys. So two. Um, oh, wow, look at you being optimistic. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, and what's also interesting too, I was kind of looking more at the defensive line a little bit. Um, but yeah. for me, Penn State, I feel like had a pretty good defense all season. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're um, talking about the linebacker development core right there. So you're, you're looking at Jesse, uh, Uqueda from uh, yeah. Penn State. Yeah. And, and to your point, John, about playing with good guys, like, uh, like the Georgia guys or whatever, he was playing with Mika Parsons not that long ago. So oh. you take out Parsons and then Let's you put him around me. You put in CJ Mosley <laughs> as a true alpha leader, like we have on the linebacker position. You have a guy that's used to playing with, uh, you know, being the one B guy, the second hand guy. So, you know, as far as senior, senior, uh, bowl players go for the linebacker position, I think it's very interesting that we have guys from all over the place. We have guys from Kansas, just kind of a whole bunch of different schools, a whole bunch of different prospects. And like I said, chances are they're going to be guys that we're looking at in the, Fifth, sixth, and seventh round. There's not too many guys that are. We have no seventh round picks. Joe Douglas doesn't Ooh. believe in seventh round picks. <laughs> I like that. Ridiculous. I think. I think the thing is, when you look at these linebackers, right? Um, I think one thing that we should be looking for is like height. Like you want someone who's able to put their hands up and deflect passes when they're going in there and get good reach uh, when they're going in to get into the backfield. And you're also looking at speed, right? You don't want them to be too light, and you also don't want to be too heavy. You want them somewhere in between. I think someone like. Whether that's like Mike Rose from like Iowa State, who's projected to go in the fourth round. You talked about Jesse Lucada from Penn State. You know, that's who you were touching on, Greg. He's, you know, he's yeah. six, he's close to like six three, two forty seven, another guy who's good on the edge. And I think that's the other thing that the Jets are looking for. We're looking for edge rushers, man. We don't like middle is fine. We got CJ Mosley. You got but we need guys who who are able to go who can who are able to contain the outside. So I think for this, that's really what our what our linebacker coach should be looking at while he's there coaching uh, this team so far. So that's just my opinion on defense. I'm not really going to get into cornerbacks and safeties. Oh, whoa. Oh, oh, you, watches? Whoa. you do? Whoa. You do? Yeah. Yeah. Because Kobe Bryant. Yeah, that's right. Kobe Bryant <laughs> is <laughs> not from, Cin- Bryant. <laughs> since from Cincinnati killed it today. And yeah. I've been keeping my eye on him. He's been really good. Both of the cornerbacks from Cincinnati. I mean, we need a corner and it better not be Stingley. And we need a safety, and it better not be Kyle Hamilton. And if you're looking for a safety, dude, you want to talk about games that we were we were watching, Greg? You know, shout out to Winning Picks Weekly, Tyson Anderson, dude, the safety from Toledo. He's Ooh. a beast, yo. He's so good. If yeah. if if Tyson Anderson, even in the third round, dude, I really like him. He could come up and step up and be our starting safety. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's six two. Uh, maybe a little bit of an issue there. I think that's why he's going to drop. But other than that, he's a beast, dude. He's such a good cover. He can guard tight ends as well. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm 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 kind of hyped about uh, him. He's he's really good. I think the speed is a little bit of an issue, but he's got quick feet, acceleration. I think that was his uh, draft report. 
but we'll see how he does. I'm actually really excited how he uh, he does in the Senior Bowl. I got my eye on Tyson. Who are you looking at, Greg? Are you looking at any of the safeties? Anyway, we're getting the corners and one in the backfield. Um, he's fourth, fifth, fourth, fifth uh, uh, projection. So we can grab him there. I'm down. Yeah, definitely Kobe Bryant, like John talked about for sure. Um, again, we got another guy at Penn State. I mean, what's nice about the senior bowl too is they kind of group guys by school. So we got Penn State guys all throughout our roster. They again had a pretty, I think, pretty good defense all year. Cincinnati, we know that they had a good defense for the last two years. So we're going to go look at Kobe Bryant. Um, his counterpart's going to be going top 10 possibly in the draft. So, you know, he's good. Um, maybe we have our number one DB figured out. So we need a number two guy. So call him Bryce Hall number one. Could be, maybe. I don't know. I was listening to um (laughs) I'm gonna butcher his name, our defensive coordinator, Albrick. Um yeah. So I was listening to an interview today um from down at the uh whatever the of the practice and stuff. And he was saying that he was really happy with the way our DBs kind of played towards the back half of the season. It was funny. He made the statement that if he wanted to scheme up our defense a little differently, we could have been like a, we could have been 25th, but instead he let them learn. And we were one of the worst defenses in the league. So, (laughs) so, so he was saying that, you know, they learned a lot. They came together a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much. If I was playing hard, I would have won. Yeah. We could have been 25th out of 32. It's like, all right, Jeff. So, um, you know, I think there's a chance that they that we might get maybe one or two young guys, but he made the point about how they played well this season with no real veteran to look mm. look to. So I think there's a shot that we bring someone in in free agency that has experience instead of keep drafting guys. Because what are you going to do with three or four or five, you know, DBs and safeties that are all have one or two year of experience? There, it's too much. You need some veteran leadership there for these guys. So. I think there's more likely we're going to sign a DB instead of draft someone. Um, you know what's crazy, dude? What's I, think we're, I think you're right. I think we're going to sign a safety. And you know what's crazy? I don't think it's going to be Marcus May. Uh, no. his, his first name might be Marcus, but his last name not going to be May. I think okay. it's going to be Marcus Williams. I really think we're going to sign him from the Saints. The Saints are dumpster fires all over there. I think True. he's healthy, and I think he's going to want less money than Marcus May. I, 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 he might be... On the same level, let's just call him on the same level. Let's not let's not let's not hurt, uh, upset anyone. He's on the same. Let's call him the same level as him, but he's healthy. I think we're going to sign Marcus Williams, and I don't know. I like the kid from Toledo, but I'm sure that we're gonna we're gonna see a, a couple of things from the next couple of days of practice from the game, like Christian Watson playing Duke, and you'd be like, "Yo, pass number one, like, yo, who's that yo. safety? Yo, who's that guard right there?" So. Uh, I'm I'm actually really excited for this game, dude. I'm really excited. I'm so I'm so excited to watch the Jets coach them. I I've never yeah. I feel like we've never been in this position. I don't know if we have. I didn't like look up if the Jets uh, have coached the Senior Bowls, but definitely not when I've been covering the Jets. Definitely not when I've been caring about the draft. So I've never been this into the Senior Bowl in my life. So I am I am all in, man. I'm all into this game. I can't wait to watch it this weekend. I've never like been excited to watch a Senior Bowl game. I'm usually I usually watch a Pro Bowl instead of the Senior Bowl, but this year well, I'm this all is, in. You should probably be watching the Senior Bowl more so than the Pro Bowl, in all honesty. I know. Pro I'm finally on. I'm meh. finally on. I'm finally on, man. It's, it's meh. But, hey, this is this is some good stuff on uh, what we got. You know, 
we'll get more detail, especially after the the game this weekend, and we'll get back to you guys next week on on our takes on it as well. But let's let's wrap this podcast up with some now the the good and dirty stuff uh, that we get to kind of bask in this glory. So let's start off with the t- the which is the more irritating one, where it shows you how the how the Rooney rule is just totally ineffective. Let's start off with Brian Flores, former head coach for the Miami Dolphins. We can there he is now suing the NFL for uh for being racist and not and for their malpractice in hiring black coaches, right? Or just hiring hiring any minorities, but specifically black coaches in this case, because they black coaches are underrepresented in the NFL. And when you look at the, all the information that's come out so far and seeing how the owner of the Miami Dolphins wanted him to tank and was willing to pay him $100,000 for every loss that, that the Dolphins took, that's gross. Then you have now that win streak. That win streak makes so much sense now. That, yeah, now it makes a lot <laughs> yeah. of sense. It, make, it makes Facts. a lot of sense. And two seasons like they won, but they wanted him to tank so that way they can get good draft position, which. That's gross, and you could, there's going to be some harsh penalties for Miami just for that type of news coming out. Then you have Bill Belichick texting Brian Forrest, congratulating him, thinking that he was uh, Brian, uh, yeah, Dabble, right? Uh, of uh, who was he? The offensive coordinator the for the for the Buffalo Bills, and. I love that they're what? involved somehow too. Was it? Was it? it. So I'm saying was everybody's it, in was here. Wasn't was was Brian, was Brian Dabble? It was you know Brian Forrest. And Bill Belichick's like, congratulations, you got the Giants job. Everybody, and, baby. And then Forrest's like, thanks. And then wait a minute. He's like, Are you, you know that you're talking to Forrest and not Brian Dabble, right? He's like, oh, sorry about that. Uh. BB. <laughs> BB. Oh, I love that he signed the BB at the end. And then, oh. and then, and then notice how Forrest went from saying, thanks, coach, to thanks, Bill. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> I know. Thanks, Bill. That was classic. You can, you can see that you there's just sucks. such a disdain. You so, know what sucks so much about that was he said, I, I feel like I got a shot at it. Yeah, that 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 sentence that really hurt. sucked. Yeah, yeah, that sucks because he is a good coach. You saw what he did in Miami, and he, you Tua Tagovailoa with his Tua, hold, hold, with Tua, <laughs> and the 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 carousel of Tua and Fitz Magic down there. All right, Ryan Fitzpatrick was his quarterback too. Yet he still got ten and six out of that team. It's impressive, and yeah, you don't want to take this guy who for for how he changed what the Dolphins were makes no sense. So we have this. We have. The, Bill Belichick who's involved, yeah, Dolphins who's involved, Brian Dabble, Buffalo gets, you know, involved some way or so or another. And then you have the Giants who are being sued for for the racist uh practice of just utilizing the Rooney rule of just saying uh, as a checkbox saying, All right, we we interviewed him, but you were given the job to Brian Dabble anyway, and you already made that decision before he even brought him in, which is the big thing. He they made the decision already to hire him. And Forrest hasn't even gone in and interviewed yet. So that's that's where this whole thing is coming from. And it's just grotesque, man. I mean, there's no, there's no there's nothing else to really say than it's just grotesque practice on on the Giants. And it's not even just the Giants. We know that it's about the NFL and how it goes. Look, Eric Bieniemy still Broncos, hasn't gotten a job. The Broncos and Broncos are, too, are yeah. Even yeah, though they got Broncos. mad. They got mad. They 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 were a little detailed in their answer. What's what's kind of ridiculous is the answer for the Giants was we were we were uh, thinking about floors until the eleventh hour. <laughs> that was their that was their statement to <laughs> to that lawsuit. And just to be clear, the Rooney Rule was uh, intensified in the last year. Yeah, to, with bat draft picks, it was draft compensation. So if you did hire somebody 
from another team, you're going to get what a third or a fourth round pick. I forget, right? That was a that was a, that's what it was. Not only that, but they also added the fact that you have to interview two head coach, two minority head coaches, or for any position, um, and your def- your coordinators don't count. So a lot of stuff going around about how the Giants, you know, interviewed their own defensive coordinator who's a minority that doesn't count. And how they interviewed Leslie, Fla- Leslie Frazier twice. Like, that only counts as one person, even if you interview him 650 <laughs> times. <laughs> so, if they did, in fact, have the Giants and the Buffalo Bills organization informed about Dabble getting the job, whether that's through Dabble or not, before the interview with Flores, like, that is an infraction. Like that, it, like call it what you want to call it. It's an infraction, and they hired a head coach personnel without abiding by the Rooney Rule. Like that—that's just what they did. So whatever those consequences are, like they deserve it. I don't know what happened with Denver. There aren't clear text messages, you know, to figure all that out. But I do love, as Greg mentioned, that it has—it's the Giants are involved, the Dolphins are involved, the Bills are involved, and the New England Patriots are involved. Like. And on the same day that Tom Brady retires, like what more can you ask for? And Tom Brady's <laughs> involved. Tom Brady is illegally tampering oh, yeah. the teams. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, he's he's just randomly showing up to Miami on his yacht. And yeah, Tom Brady randomly the owners left and, GMs and right. No, yeah, it's like oh, oh, I happen to know that Tom Brady's going to show up, and I heard that maybe a bunch of NFL yeah. executives might be there. You should maybe go say hi if we all have dinner next door to him. Like, geez, guys. I want to know who else Tom Brady tampered with, too, in that <laughs> offseason. That's my only question. My I'm God. sure there was nobody from Tampa Bay there. Definitely oh, yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, the it's thing all that... hilarious. But I do hope that Brian Flores does make a difference with this yes. lawsuit. Yes, absolutely. Because he he did put his butt on the line. Like, he is actually still uh, – like, people are going to say, oh, he's just butthurt. He didn't get the two jobs. Like, as we stand, he was – Supposedly, I don't know what to believe anymore, but he's supposedly, you know, in the top running for the Texans job. So yeah. and me, I don't know. Is he going to get Kaepernick, though? Like, that's my question. Like, is he about to get blackballed from the league, sue them, you know, again for discrimination on top of this? Like, because he, he pissed off the NFL. He, you know, yeah. he's suing the NFL. He's not just suing the, the two franchises. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, like, it's not being butthurt. It is like, look around the league. Look how many black coaches there are around the league. Look at how many minority coaches. There's not many. And I think even this season, we're down to, there's one right now. There's legitimately one. So you want representation in the league. But the thing is that the issue is that it's not him being butthurt. No, what what do you want to say? There's more than one minority head coach. I'm talking about black head coach. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. I think rules like minority. Like when you rule, I think it's just like overall minority. I don't think they like separate. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But even still, you want representation in this league. That's the whole point of the rule, like, to see representation around the league at the coaching level. And you're not doing that. And that's what this rule is showing. It's, it does, it's, it's ineffective. It's not helping. So Brian Flores doing this is being a voice for the people who don't have a voice. So kudos to him for taking this challenge on. And he knows that. He acknowledged it. He acknowledged it, that this is something that could affect his future endeavor in, in, coaching in the NFL. But this is, you, you know, you, you want to see, you hope that the NFL could just do it under 
you know, natural, organic, like let's bring people. But sometimes you need a push in order to get that across the line. And kudos to Brian, like Brian Forrest, for taking this challenge on. It's, a, it's, it's intimidating. It's, it's scary because this is his income. This is how he supports his family. So it, I feel bad that he has to do this, but it's courageous for him nonetheless to be doing this, what's to be doing this action overall. Um, that, Honestly, that's that's all I could say about it. It's like it just sucks, man. It, it truly just fucking sucks that this is what he has to do in order to help create diversity in this NFL. Honestly, like it just it just fucking sucks. He's burning but, bridges, bro. He just burned bridges to the entire AFC East. He just, you know, what I'm saying, and the Giants himself. If he doesn't get the Texans job, he definitely burned burned the hole with the Broncos. That's half the league. You know what I mean? And now he's doing the NFL. He really, he really uh, put his butt out there, and I think there's something to be said about that. I don't yeah. think it's just—I don't think he's butthurt about a job. He could have got a defensive no, coordinator job. He's not, he's not, he's you know not, what I'm saying? Not. He could have easily got that. I'm, he's I'm not butthurt so for the getting only, a job. The only thing I'm actually really excited about, guys, and I'll be honest about this: if you were to ask me, if you were to give me like a thousand dollars and said bet on where Flores is going to coach, I would say he's going to be the defensive coordinator for the New England Patriots, and now. <laughs> like there is zero percent chance he's going to do the patient. So I'm like I'm actually happy about that. Like just that part because I thought he's gonna come kill us. Like he knows us. He beats us every week. He beats us every year. I don't think we've ever beat Brian Flores while he's on the Dolphins. Are we damn sure never beat him when he's on New England? So I, I was actually worried about that. Just being a selfish Jets fan, you know, for that one moment. <laughs> for that one. For that one shining moment, I hear you. It was what crazy up, about this whole thing, and I don't want to get lost in the conversation. What he's doing is courageous, and what he's doing is ridiculous that he needs to do this because a rule's only as good as you know the the organization that enforces it. So you have to be enforcing these rules. You have to be following through on this type of thing. It's ridiculous that it's a rule in the first place because it shouldn't need to be a rule. You know, the ownership and the 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 head coaches should reflect the NFL just like the players do and stuff. It's crazy. But what I don't want to get lost in all this is that Brian Flores is a good coach. It's a yeah, I don't get how that's the, and that's the thing. It, like, I feel like we're losing that sight that he's a great coach. And that's that's Absolutely. what makes it even saying that he's butthurt is like, are we serious? Like, look what yeah. he did with the Miami Dolphins. How are you saying he's butthurt? Is he is more yeah. than qualified to have this job, but yet he's not? It's like he was just yeah. the head coach. Hold on. For, let's look at the. Let's look at this. He was just a head coach. He was fired after having a winning record, after having a winning record with the Miami Dolphins. But yet, well, the Giants quarterback decide, and the owner wants to pay you to lose games. And then like, hold on. And then we look at the Giant. And we look at the Giants. And they're hiring Brian Dabble. No, this is no shade to Brian Dabble. He could be a good head coach, but no head coaching experience whatsoever. You want you if you're looking for someone to be a head coach who has experience, who did it, like Brian Forrest fits that to a T. You're taking a risk on a coordinator who you don't even know who could be an actual head coach. So that's where it's not, it's not that he's butthurt about this. It's that he, a legit qualified candidate didn't get a job. Yeah, but Flores doesn't accept bribes. You want that kind of guy, your head coach, Alex? Oh, yeah. I, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I, need someone, I need someone who can accept bribes. I need someone who behind the scenes can accept that they're going to tank for $100,000 Yo, Which, I have a question. Gase didn't accept hundred thousand dollars to lose games. Like that's he, that's the that game, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to, to 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 bring this on a wider note, that he, that says a lot. That, I wonder if Gase, 
They're probably like, look, gays can do this in a sweep. We don't have that payment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know that you know the my owner's like, I can pay I gotta pay a guy to lose. I'm used to losing every single week. Gays is over here capable of winning freaking high school football. What are we talking about over here? Yeah. They're struggling. But also too, to keep it lighter too. Do you think those Bill Belichick text messages were legit? Do you think that's actually Bill Belichick? <laughs> yes. Do you think it's just a fake? Do you think he just added- definitely it's definitely Bill Belichick, but if I'm putting my know. tinfoil hat on, the guy only hates the New York Giants. Like, Tom Brady hates the New York Jets. We know that. And that's why people are like, oh, yeah, you hate Tom Brady. You hate Michael Jordan. Oh, yes. I hate both of them. Yes. Yes. Ruined my life. Yes. Tom Brady, I hate them. I don't care what anyone says. I hate them. And now, you're, as Bill Belichick, what do you hate? He always says the New York Giants, right? He was a coordinator there. He yep. wanted that job. He never got it. The whole, you know, the big tuna thing, Bill Parcells dynamic. Plus, they beat him twice. He hates the Giants. So my tinfoil hat is, is he just like trying, like he's like, I can get to a little bit of trouble, but like these guys are in a lot of trouble if I kind of just like. You so, oh, so you're, thinking, oh, so you're thinking that it was actually purposeful that Bill Belichick. Like he knows. I think like, so. Like Bell, like Bell Belichick knows that this guy has an interview and he knows Ooh. that Dabble got the job. Yo, that'd be wild. So he's that'd like, be, yo, yo that is, yo, if, if Bill Belichick does that, this man is like the serious mastermind of just like getting anything he wants in the NFL and no one's getting, <laughs> that'd be wild. He signed wild. it differently. Yo, the tone changed dramatically on that last message. Like the BB signing was so weird. I don't know. That really. That it's like really it's endear. Weird. It's like endearing, but also just like Bill Belichick endearing. What? Like you're signing I'm it? Like, like why are you signing this message right that's, now? That's <laughs> that's why I kind of believe in yeah. the whole like it's a fake. It's not really. I don't Bill think Belichick it's fake. Thing. I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's fake. I. I do but not. What think, about I think, the text? What about because the text message? The thing. He says, "Coach, if, are you talking to Brian Flores yeah. or Brian Dable? Just <laughs> yeah. making sure." Yeah. Who sent yeah. that text message? Who says that in a real life conversation? I would say that because you're congratulating me. And he's like, yo, my name is Brian. The other guy's name is Brian. He just said, congratulations. Like, what is this guy talking about? You know I, I also, I'd also like, yes. I think the other thing is like, what's the relationship with Flores and Belichick too? Like, is it like close? Really text like that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, if it's not that close and you're like, wait a minute, blah, blah, blah. It's like, he's congratulating me. We haven't really spoken like that. And now he's great. I'm like, I actually got it. I actually got confirmed for a second. I think it's more to it. Also, like if you're submitting text messages, they have to be legit. Better be real. Like you, 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 you also, can't, you why can't, the hell is Bill Belichick like texting and, the offensive coordinator for the Bills? What a loser! If, 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 <laughs> if, if Brian Flores, if Brian Flores, like just thinking from like a legal standpoint, if he just submitted false text messages, that entire case is just over with. Like no one, like this whole everything that he's trying to do then would just be like, oh, and it just it it gets thrown. Imagine into a hole Billy B. Oh, Billy see, B. Like know, brings out his like, phone. <laughs> and he's like, bro, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> yeah, I was saying, I didn't know that he submitted it. I thought it was just going around on Twitter. No, Greg, this is like a real lawsuit. Oh, I know no, it's a real submitted. lawsuit, uh, but I didn't know the text messages were part no, of the, the text actual are, case. No, oh, they're evidence. It's yeah, part of the yeah. evidence. Oh, so, baby. That's yeah. what I'm saying. This is so awesome because they're all, like, they're all indicted in this like lawsuit. Like, I hope they get called to the stand. This is that will be fantastic. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. <laughs> So as like Jets fans, that's why it's like, oh wow, go Brian Flores, do it. Oh, dude, I w- if I could buy a Brian Flores yes. jersey right now, I I would. I, he's not only out of my division after he was a beast, but now he's like trying to take down every team I hate with him. On the day that Tom Brady retires, like Brian Flores is on my Mount Rushmore right now for the twenty one twenty two season. Like I think he he killed it for me. 
Oh man. But let's end it on a, a, an even lighter note uh, or hateful note based on this Uh-oh. guy. This guy officially retired, Tom Brady. No, officially kidding. retired after 22 years. <laughs> Thank the he's gonna Lord. Drop, he's going to drop it on his Kim Kardashian's Keeping Up With Tom Brady episode 10, bro. Look out <laughs> <Yeah>. for it. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it. Doesn't matter. Uh, he finally did it. it. Bill Simms like, oh, 10 episodes, 10 Super Bowl runs. How cool. Shut up, bro. I mean, he didn't, makes sense. Instagram, he didn't mention your Instagram post. Just don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny seeing all the Patriots fans just get get hurt out there. Like he didn't mention the Patriots. How silly! He was there. You're giving, you're there giving there people so ammo. How silly! How how do you not act like Ryan Whitney? How how is that not your reaction to egg? Like, they're, they're a bunch of babies. They're a bunch of they're Johnny Come Lately guys. They just show up for Super Bowls losers. and they whine when they don't win. Let me tell you here, all right? This is wicked. This is wicked awful. Fucking Tom Brady to even get to acknowledge the fucking New England Patriots. This is wild, guys. This is wild. Bro, I don't even know. I just don't even know. Like, that's, that's, I don't get that's the, how it sounds. That's how I, it know, sounds. I also don't get the, I don't get, I don't, I don't understand why he did it. You ran him out of town. You <laughs> won six Super Bowls. You guys wouldn't pay him any money. Everyone kept talking about how his wife makes a ton of money. You wouldn't pay the guy. Why? Why would he? Why would he be happy about it? You chose Bill Belichick over him. You made your bed. He's he's going to retire a Buccaneer. He's going to go into Canada as a Buccaneer, uh, uh, and it's over. To, I just want to thank uh, Robert Kraft for. Can you, you know, imagine? Uh, <laughs> can you imagine if Tom Brady had like a half red, half oh, that jersey that Casey so. Smith wears? Oh, yeah. I, would, I would love that. That would be the best. Yeah, yeah. That would be the ultimate crusher. But then you were, oh yeah, you want to be a Tampa fan? Oh, it's the same thing. Oh, Tom Brady ran guy. him out of town. Here you go. Here's your, here's your double. Here's your. I can't imagine. Uh, I can't imagine Bill Belichick. He's like, oh, I like to thank Robert Kraft for this. Uh, really paying me and uh, not choosing Tom Brady. It was it was the greatest decision ever made. Yeah, that was a pretty good Bill Belichick. That's pretty good Bill Belichick. I'm just I'm just happy that if you turn around the TV, I mean, I feel bad for Brian Flores, but very happy that if you turn on the TV to any NFL. Or any sports thing, it's all Brian Flores stuff and not Tom, <laughs> not Tom Brady. I know that's huge. Talk about ruining a uh, Tom Brady's parade. Everything should happen today. If you have news, especially NFL news, like you yeah. know what, you know what, you know what got dumped in the news today that you that nobody probably knows about. The Denver Broncos are up for sale. Yeah, yeah. The Denver Broncos went up for sale this <laughs> yeah. morning. And no one even talked about it, right? and then they got mentioned in this lawsuit as well. So. That's why they were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, we don't have, it did not happen. They like wrote like at five o'clock, we had six people and do this. And we like, they were like trying to be detailed with it. But if yeah. you have any news wow. today, like uh, you should, the Raiders should probably do something, whatever they got to do. <laughs> Just like do it today. You John know? Gruden, this is John Gruden's chance to run around the entire uh, Las Vegas Raiders stadium naked and it would not make headlines. That, the that, Dolphins this- should hire their head coach. Like any everything should happen today, and so no one will talk about it at all. Because tomorrow everyone's gonna wake up talking about Tom Brady signing that one day contract, right? He's definitely gonna do that this week. Everyone's yeah. gonna be talking about Brian Flores until the cows come home. So, especially if Brian Flores doesn't get hired, if Brian Flores doesn't get hired, he is going to be the big cloud on this NFL or really on this NFL organization. He's going to be the talk of the town. Every do you think? Time. Do you think Roger Goodell gets in here and stops? Uh, and says, "Hey Texans, I need you to do hire a favor. him. Yes, yeah, take one exa- for the team. Hire, hire him. him. Yes, 
Yes, 100,000. That's all I have in my mind. If I'm Roger Goodell, I'm like, yo, you saw what happened with Kaepernick? We at least said that he sucked. Like, that was the, at least what we, and we still lost that lawsuit. This guy killed it last year. Like, we have to hire him. And <laughs> we, like, we can find him after one year. We, you have the precedent. You, you hire and fire guys every single year. You don't have a quarterback. You have Dave, you have Davis Mills. Like, you're going to lose games. Just please hire him. And like hold on to him for one or two years, and so we can just get this like get this off our back because we're gonna get sued for a billion dollars. If Kaepernick sued us and won, what is Brian Flores gonna do to us? If I'm Roger Goodell, I'm like Texans. You want help with Watson? You better sign this guy right now. Also, yeah. too, just to Alex's point, like I think I do think it's crazy that other teams are getting coordinators chances. When Brian Flores, like we said, is a good coach, he's proven it. He can do it with a crappy team in a crappy situation. Also, too, to now that you're talking the about man the was getting team. bribed, had quarterback carousels, <laughs> had Tua, and this man's coming out here winning games. What are we doing? I, I would literally, I would, you know, what my interview would be, I would bring a VHS videotape of Tua throwing balls. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, this is what it's like. This is what it's like. This is it, man. This is my quarterback. <laughs> but also, too, to remember the teams that were closely the the Dolphins were closely linked to Watson, right? And the reason yep. why is because Watson would trade would waive his no trade clause to be with Flores. So but if I'm the Texans, see. I'm like, yo, let's bring Flores and let's sign him because that's our chance at keeping Watson, who's generational talent. But then you and- see that. They were trying to get him for tampering too. They were trying to capture, they were trying to get Flores too. If you read a little bit further, they were trying to get him involved in tampering so that way he would like. For Brady. I was like, wow. Yeah, but that, well, they didn't name well, the yeah, player. He didn't do yeah, it. But it was name, the Brady offseason showing up oh. on a yacht and oh yeah, Tampa was there. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> we're not idiots. We're dumb, but we're not idiots. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, I guess on that note, we can end it here with, uh, with this pod. Let's get Senior Bowl, baby. Let's yeah, go. Big all, all, the jets are doing, all the Jets are doing is at college practices and scouting and answering questions about their left tackle. That's all we're doing. We're, you know what I'm saying? That's- hey, Robert Solid, just chill out for the week, bro. Just focus, <laughs> on, just focus on the draft and just focus on these prospects. Just chill out for a week. Well, who's next? next? Who's next is going to get killed? It's got to be Braden Mann. Man. Man. I feel like Marcus <laughs> Mayer. Like, what are we doing with Marcus yeah, Mayer? Yeah. Just go in for 10 minutes about what we're doing with Marcus Mayer. Yeah. Like, just chill out. Tower, Tower Cross catches a stray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ryan Griffin should catch a stray. He definitely <laughs> does. He deserves to catch a stray, all right? Just one. Just one. Be like, our tight end sucked last year. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you tell coach. <laughs> We need a huge upgrade. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I like that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, on that note, Jets are going to hopefully keep a low-key uh, low key week at Senior Bowl. Figure out their tight end, offensive linemen, uh, defensive back situation, and linebacker situation. And more power to Brian Forrest and taking on this monumental challenge, man. All, nothing but power to you. So, on that note, thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another Jets episode. For the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast, you know the call to action. Please make sure to subscribe to this podcast. We're on all audio platforms, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. there. On top of that, if you listen to us on Spotify or Apple, please make sure to give us a five-star rating. But if you listen to us on Apple, 
please make sure to leave a comment because that helps oh so greatly. Also, we got a YouTube channel, Knicks, Jets, etc. Make sure to go find that page on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. That way you know when new episodes drop. And when you watch a video, hit that like button because it's just a courteous thing to do. And while you're there, we got another podcast, Winning Picks Weekly. We got John, video producer Greg, who joined us today and gave us his insight on uh, on this draft knowledge because this is his holiday. This is his season. This is his time to shine. So this won't be the last time he's on here giving his takes. He'll be back on again because he's our draft expert and video producer. Ooh, he wears a lot like of hats. He, he wears a lot of hats. So, But you know what they do over there at Winning Picks Weekly. They give you their takes on the NFL slate. Nothing this week. Relax. Super Bowl's next week, so they'll be Nothing ready for that week. one. But they got NBA. They'll be be doing some NBA action. So make make sure to stay tuned because they'll give you their takes on NBA action. NFL's over. It's so sad. And guys, make sure to follow us on all social media platforms, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We are there. All right, everyone. We'll catch you later this week for another Knicks episode. We out. Let's go Jets, baby.